God is good, isn't he? He's amazing. The worship team guys, you could just stay here for just a second. I don't want to talk behind your backs, and I know you guys go in that back room. All right, so I want to just clarify something before I, I speak, and so I want to clarify something that Robin just said, so just calling you out here, girl. You guys ready? This is what happens. We say nobody said, you know, nobody said it was going to be easy, right? That's what you said. And a lot of us say that. A lot of us think that. But guess who said it was? Jesus. Amen. He said, come to me. Yeah. Right? Why did he say to come? Take my yoke upon you. For it is what? Easy. Amen. And the burden is light. The uh, reason I'm bringing that out is because we're talking about something today. And here's the thing that we do. When things get hard, I guarantee you it's because you're trying to do it on your own. When we try and do it in our flesh, we fail every time. We feel the weight of the burden. We carry this stuff. And I'm talking about people trying to live the Christian life. And that's why in the, in the songs we were singing, we talked about laying down our religion. Because when we begin to practice our faith, I hope you heard that, things get heavy. Because God never intended us to practice our faith. He, in, he intended for us to engage Him in faith. And when we ga- engage Him in faith, God changes who we are and we begin to live a new life Amen. that is easy. That doesn't mean life becomes easy in the outside world. There's stuff going on all the time that comes against us. We are in a battle. And it's real. There's a war going on, and there's bloody things going all around us, right? And if we want to blind our eyes to the reality of the battle that's happening, then we can, and we can live in our ignorance of stuff, and that's when things start to get heavy. But when your eyes are open to the truth of who God is and where you stand, you can stand in truth and feel a weight relieved from you, for it is not your battle. It is not our battle. It is His, and He has won it. We were singing it today. Now we've got to put it into practice. I love you, sorry. But it was, we do it all the time. I'm talking about all of us Christians talk about that. We say it's not easy and stuff, but I want to remind you, every time that word comes to your mind, it's because you're trying to do it. We are talking about the battle. You can go now. I'm done. <laughs> well, don't go away. Just go out there. <laughs> I love you. Don't care where you go. Just go. All right. <laughs> Yes, they are. I know. I heard you. <laughs> Somebody's behind the camera giving me hand signals. It's all good. So glad you guys are here. We always tell everybody we're not a perfect church or perfect people. Youth, you are supposed to go downstairs for a service of your own right now. You're welcome. All right. I didn't get a donut today or anything, though. I'm just saying. All right. Anyway. So we're not a perfect church or perfect people. We're here because we know we need God's help. So when I say that to you, we know that Jesus Christ is God's help to us. And church, I, I'm not, uh, that was not an, I have a relationship with Robin. I know she's not like offended by what I did. And if she is, she'll get over it. Uh, God says she, <laughs> she has to forgive me and she has to love me if she wants to go to heaven. So that's up, it's, now it's on you. It's not on me. All right, so we <laughs> This is the way life is, right? So what we have to do is when we say we're not a perfect church or perfect people and we prove it every single week, we can't allow our, our failures to dictate who we are or who we become because the striving for all of us as believers is to live this new life that God's called us into that we represent Jesus Christ. 
and that he is seen in our life through all that junk that's going on around us and some of the stuff that's happening to us. Now, when we look at that fact of what we were just hearing from Robin and what I'm talking about, we would say like, well, I want an easy life. Well, I want you to know that the easy life is something that God does within. It's not what is happening around us. All you have to do is read the book of Acts and you know the Christian people didn't have what we in the human world would call an easy life, but they had an easy life. See, that doesn't make sense to us. And what happens a lot of times is we try and comprehend the spiritual life and the whole life of faith through our human knowledge. And that's why in Proverbs we're told, don't lean on this because this will mess you up. All right? I I want you to hear that we have to have faith. Faith goes beyond logic. It has to. If everything is logical in this whole wide world, then we don't need faith and we don't need God. We have to engage in something beyond our logic because our logic can easily be deceived. We can begin to practice faith. We can begin to practice uh, atheism. We can begin to practice all kinds of things and we can get really smart in it. But it doesn't mean anything. So church, there's, there's people that are committed to atheism and I believe every atheist is just mad at God at some point in their life. I do. I've had conversations with them. There's not a true atheist. They were not born that way. They do not live that way. They come to believe that because they don't want to accept that there's a God because many of them have a problem with the sin in the world and nobody ever blames the devil. You never, nobody's ever come to me and said, I hate the devil. Why did he do this to me? <laughs> Everybody says, why did God let this happen or why did God do this? We never blame the source. See, what we're asking for is God to remove all the issues of life around us and we're the ones that caused them. Sin, we rejected God. Many of us in this room, we have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And in our lifetime, we've resisted and rejected what God has said to us. As a result of that, we've gone through some crazy, stupid stuff that's messed us up. And then we're like, God, why did this happen? And he's like, why were you there? It's easy to blame him. But God has called us into a relationship with him with an invitation, not a dictation. So as we just receive the invitation, then we are born anew, born again, made Christians, Christ followers, and now we step into the known battlefield that before was only an illusion. So when we were talking last week, we talked about this battlefield that we are all in. Everybody's in it, whether they see it or not. And the United States of America is a very spiritually blind nation. Now, I'm not talking about the fact that we're not following God. That's true. I'm talking about the fact that we, even in the church, have for many decades been ignorant of the spiritual world around us. We've been so engulfed in our church Christian world that we've lost sight of the reality of what this relationship with God truly is and what's actually happening out there. We've called people to come to church and church for years and years came to church wearing church clothes. We told people, dress different, talk different, look different when you come to God's house and then go home. So we taught people to live a hypocritical life. We said, go out. when you come to church, you've got to be all clean and perfect and get in here. And then when you go home, you're going to live your life. 
See, the fact of the matter is God said, I'm looking at you at home more than I'm looking at you on Sunday. And as a matter of fact, if I'm not with you through the week, I don't know where you are on Sunday, no matter what seat you sit in. A final word. This is what we read last week. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power, right? We all know these, these scriptures because we talked about putting on God's armor. There's a battle going on, he says. It's, it's this crazy stuff happening. We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We're not. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. When you read the book of Daniel, you'll remember, if you've ever read that book, Daniel was a man of God. You want to talk about someone that walked their faith? through every kind of issue in life and how he stayed true to God. He never failed God. That's amazing. And he did not have the indwelling Holy Spirit like you and I have. Now listen to me. When Daniel was praying, and you remember he was in the captive land, and as he prayed and fasted to God, when he finally got the answer that he was praying and fasting for, 21 days later... The messenger, which was the angel from God that actually came to answer physically the the prayer of Daniel, he said, I was on my way and your prayer was heard day one. Remember? But he said, the prince of Persia did hinder me. There was a spiritual war that happened and the prince of Persia was the demonic uh, force and authority that was over that pagan land. And so that authority, which we see in Scripture, I'm talking biblical stuff here, right? A nation was covered by a spirit of darkness. And because of that, there was a hindrance in the timing of the answer to prayer. Is God greater than the answer? Absolutely, the prayer came. The answer came. But the battle is real. Church, the battle is real. And sometimes we in the church are talking like to God and thinking that my answer should be here right now because I just prayed. And since I prayed and I believe the answer should be here now, and God's like, trust me. Let's walk this out. I know what you need. I know where you're at. We're going to do this. Also remember that from the Old Testament to the New Testament, spiritual things changed. The enemy did have dominion in this world in the Old Testament. That's why Christ came. Things changed. The authority thing on this planet changed. And we're going to look at that today. How that impacted mine and your life. Does that mean the spirit world doesn't exist? Absolutely they exist. Jesus dealt with it throughout his ministry. The New Testament church in the book of Acts, as you read it, it was happening periodically as you look at the move of the church. You see the spirit of darkness there as well. But things changed. Thank God. As we look at this world and the word and what God is saying, we're going to jump back into Ephesians chapter one for a minute and listen as we look at what the word of God says to us. I pray for you constantly asking God, the glorious father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. So here's something that we we need to see here. He's saying, I'm praying that God would give you spiritual wisdom. A different kind of wisdom that you've received from all your education, from all your life. Something, a new knowledge. Something that is not given to us in this world, but something that God himself will and does give to you and I. A spiritual wisdom. 
so that we can know God and grow in Him. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope He has given to those He called. His holy people who are His rich and glorious inheritance. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, what the Word of God just said is you are holy. The same Word that talks about the holy God of heaven, it says in His Word that you are holy. Should be a lot more amens than that. It just scares us. (laughs) We're scared to say yes to that because we're like, wait a minute, I'm not holy. There's a problem then. If I step back and say, I'm not, and God says I am, who's got the problem? Ladies and gentlemen, the Word of God says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope He has given. God is calling us to this confidence in who He is. Not in the confidence of me. I can't trust me. I know I screw up. So I have learned to be confident in who God is and what He does and what He says. And that is what it is to live the Christian life, praying for spiritual wisdom and insight to grow in that knowledge and understanding. So we have to grow in that knowledge so it's a deeper, fuller understanding of God. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to hear me. None of us knew God like we know Him. None of us. Even those of us that were not taught right or even are even following him right today. We know him differently today than we knew him. And we need to be growing in the knowledge and the wisdom, but not just in that. We need to be praying that we would. So how do we grow in this? Knowledge of him. Well, for one thing, it's so easy. It's like spend time in his word. God has written to us this amazing letter. The letter is not to prove that God exists. He already knows He does. He's not trying to prove Himself to us. What He's showing us is how He intended us to have a relationship with Him. We screwed it up. He made a way to fix it. And now we need to live that life and do it. That's what the Bible is all about. In case you were wondering. But spend some time in there. Get to know God. Because once you get to know who He is through the Word of God, you can see the truth of who He is rather than what you've been told who He is. Rather than what you believed who He is rather than what the world says about him, when we look into the word of God, we begin to see him in the fullness of who he is. We get to know him when we pray and we talk with him. But talking is not just prayer. Prayer is also listening. Many of us have been taught to pray and we say, dear God, yada, 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 amen, and we walk away. And we rarely spend time to even listen if God wants to answer. If I walk into my wife and I say, hey, babe, how was your day today? And I turn around and walk out the room. And she starts to speak to me. What good is that conversation? And what have we done in the relationship? If I don't pause and look her in the eyes, because I have to do that, because that's the way she connects with me, right? So it's like I have to stop and look her in the eyes and listen. I have to intentionally engage her. So... We need to be intentionally engaging God in more than just giving Him to-do lists. A lot of our prayer times are just that. Here's something you need to do because I can't and you need to fix it because I want things to be better. The purpose in this growth is that we might have a confident hope. Confident. Um, 
some people have said that I'm arrogant. They have. I mean, if you know me, I'm not. And this is not easy to say. I'm telling you something, though. I am absolutely confident in the God I serve. And I want you to know that I have accepted who I am in Him, and I'm completely comfortable in that. I mean, I know I, I know all my issues. I know my flaws. Nobody has to tell me. I see them in the mirror. I live them every day. I'm not like thinking I'm somebody. I'm somebody that needs him, and he's shown me that. Therefore, I step above who I am or who people think I am, and I stand in his presence in this confident hope of who he is. <laughs> Church. Every single Sunday, I want you to hear this. I I mean this with all my heart. I mean, I pray, I read, I study, I put together notes. I have them on the back screen. That's what I look at up there, and I have them on this thing, and it's to keep me on task, and I'm nowhere near where we were at in the notes right now, just so you know where, but it's Robin's fault because she started talking. All right, so as as we... A little place for you right there, Robin. I'll be right next to you. All right, anyway. So we (laughs) see as we're talking about this, this confident hope in who he is and walking with him, I come into this service every single Sunday morning with absolutely just full confidence that God's going to do something. Because when I read through my notes, I'm like, wow, I really don't know what you're going to do today, God. (laughs) But I trust you. Seriously, I, I trust you. And as we begin to sing and worship him, God begins to affirm what he said to me in my heart, just like that. So I'm not like scared. I'm not questioning it. I'm just standing there like, yeah, it's got to be you. You got to do something. So if you get anything out of this, that is, a, that is just an evidence that there's a God. I'm serious. So as we listen, we're not hearing the words of a human being that's trying to convince us to follow him. It's like, man, don't ever follow me. Follow Jesus and listen to what he says because the word of God is calling us to have this confident hope in the God you serve. Why is it that the churches and people fall and fail and turn away from God when human beings fail and fall? Because we're following human beings and not God. Seriously, church. There's no way anyone should lose their faith in God through Jesus Christ just because some pastor somewhere screwed up his life. Should be a lot more amens than that. And I'm not to do it. I'm not here to confess something to you don't know about. I live my life transparently, so just relax, okay? I just want us to see something about what God is telling us. See, there's this confidence in who God is. I've had two very close people to me in the last month that have just completely shipwrecked their life. Ignoring the Holy Spirit and making decisions in their flesh. They're still living in that brokenness and and don't even understand the full consequences of what they've already done. And I look at them like, God, Lord, help us. This is why, church, I pray for my own integrity, the protection of my wife and I, my family, for all you all, for this church. I pray daily that God would protect us and His Spirit would move on us and that we have to stay focused and intentional about this God we serve. See, the confidence is in Him, nothing else. A confidence in who God is because who He is, I now understand who I am. Now that I know him, I'm beginning to know me. Before I knew him, I created me and it was a mess. Now that I know him, he's transforming me and he's like, that needs to go. That needs to change. 
This needs to be surrendered. Let go of that. Let's walk this route right here. And so as I go, see, God is changing who I am constantly. The way that I stand and where I stand is all because of Him. Ephesians 1, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe Him. I have to tell you that I believe that I, we, the Christian community has absolutely not lived in the fullness of what that just said to us. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe Him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead, seated Him at the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now He is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything. Amen. Church, do you see what changed? Something changed. Not just in my life and your life, but in this entire universe, in this globe, this whole earth, this whole thing between God and humanity changed because of Jesus. He has been set in that power and that place because of what He's done for us. Listen, church, not only in this world, but also in the world to come, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made Him head over all things for the benefit of who? Amen. Come on. When we're applying for a job, we want to know what the benefits are. You want to know what the benefits are here? God has given us everything we need in Jesus Christ. That is awesome, man. And His church is His body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with Himself. Wow, man, you should highlight that in your Bible. And every day we need to read that. That's Ephesians 1. Listen to what's happening as we go along here. For us to understand the incredible greatness of God and His power, we are given this like testament, like God raised Jesus from the dead. Like He breathed life back into that body and He physically got out of the grave. And then He ascended into heaven. And He's like, this is the power God has. Right? Okay, so we're given this idea. Now we sing about that. We've sang songs and we hear them on the radio, right? The same power that, lives, that raised Christ from the grave lives in me. If you haven't, you should listen to Christian music. It'd be good for you. Uh, but that's part of some of the songs that we sing and we talk about those things, all right? So we see here the raising of Christ is that power. It is a manifestation of the power of God that is available to you and I. So we need that to really think into us, sink into us because, you know, it's death conquering life. I said that right. Listen, it's death conquering life. That's what God has given to us. And so as we look at this, we're saying, wait a minute. We read in the scriptures last week and this morning as we started that the power of God in the spiritual battles that we can stand in that power and be victorious, right? A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. There's where the strength comes from. It is all in who He is. And now that we've been challenged, you're like, do you know Him? Do you know this God? Do you have the wisdom and the understanding to see the power that is available in this God that you are now serving? Do you realize what Christ has done for you in your life? 
Do you know that this is available to you to live with every day? Not just a hope of when he's going to change me in heaven. The change that God has brought to us right here, right now, is in the power of God. Jesus said it. He's getting ready to go into eternity up there with the Father for us. This is what he says to his followers. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. All authority is in Christ. Now, we've heard this. This is the Great Commission Scriptures. And if you know what that is, it's saying, like, God's commissioned us to go do something for Him, right? That's what it says. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Go tell people about who He is and teach them how to follow Him. Share that wisdom of who this God is. But I don't want to get lost in that discipleship-making process, which we're all supposed to be engaged in. But also, I want to step back into this first and and understand that the authority that we go in is not our authority, not the church's authority, not a pastor's authority. We go in the authority that has been given to us in Christ. (laughs) Church, that's incredible. Now, as we look at this, when we go in the authority of Christ, we're going to accomplish the kingdom work. So God's work, what God wants to do, What God wants to do is transform the lives of broken people. That's what God wants to do. And this whole planet is broken. And we're all trying to fix it in all these kinds of ways. And God's offering Jesus and saying, this is the fixture. But we're trying every remedy and idea and thought. On the day of Jesus' ascension, the very day then, this is what he tells his followers in Acts 1.8. You know this. We've said this a bunch of times, but we have to look at it again. Listen. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know, but you will, what? Receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So here's this promise. Jesus says, God's going to give you something you've never had before, you've never experienced before. Something is going to come to you that is so incredibly powerful. It is God. And He's going to come in you. And when He does, you're going to have a power that you've never had before or known before. And that power is the Holy Spirit. (laughs) It's so crazy, isn't it? All right, it's so awesome. I mean, crazy good. That's just like, it's amazing to me that God would do this. And he's like, you will have power when the Holy Spirit's there. So as I look at this, there's this obvious theme of God's word telling every believer, like once you are born again, you've accepted God, you have received something so incredibly and inhuman. It is a work of God that he takes that old sinful dead you And he buries it and he puts his life in you so that now the new you is able to live a new life. That's what it's all about, see, church, is that transformation from the old dead you to the new, just resurrected you. In the power of the living God, he says, come forth and I want to help you live this new life. But it appears there seems to be, at least in my view of stuff, that there is a lack of power in the New Testament church of today. 
And usually when we think about the power of God, we're thinking, well, bring the people in wheelchairs up and let them walk. Let's heal the blind. And the... No, listen, the power of God to transform lives. It seems to me that the New Testament church of today talks to people about coming to faith in Jesus Christ and then coping with the issues you're dealing with. My God has the ability to deliver, church. I want you to know He is bigger than all that. We struggle with addictions. We struggle with problems in our life. We're struggling with sin. Why is it that we think somehow that God cannot set us free from this stuff, but we at the same time think that God has forgiven me of my sins? Which is more difficult to do? And it's the same God who gives the same promise. All right, so now this is where faith hits the reality of my life. Because now I'm saying like, well, Lord, you know, you look, um, let's just get real for a second here. I want to just talk about tobacco for a minute. This is, all right, just, there's a lot of addictions and I'm just going to talk about this for a minute for a reason. Because I have seen people get delivered from tobacco when they trust God. And I've seen some of those people go back and start it again. Right, And then as they started again, and they're talking to me like, well, God did that for me, and now i got to work this out and fight through it. Who said that? Where? Why? Why is it that we think we've got to do it? You're going to fail. Your flesh is weak. You can't win in your flesh. Now, I'm not telling you can't break everything. Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm trying to talk to us about the reality of our faith and who the power of God is because I'm, I'm convinced that we in the church today have limited God's power in our own life because we've been led to believe that I can do this by working through it and I will make it to the end and when I cross the finish line, woo, then victory's mine. When I read in the Word of God, God says, you have victory now. I've done it for you. Christ says, I have all authority, therefore go. Go now in my authority and go do something that will change the world. All right, so why is it that we're still trying to work on us? I mean, we need to be changing all the time. Don't misunderstand me. But I'm saying some of us are still struggling with the elementary things that we started this Christian life with and we're years down the road. (laughs) Stop trying to do it on your own and let the Holy Spirit be the power of God in your life and be obedient to Him when God speaks. There was someone that spoke to me about something in their life not long ago. I'm not calling them out. I'm not going to say names like I did Robin. I'm going to say this. The person was struggling with this thing. And I was like, well, what, has God talked to you about it? Like, I'm not going to tell you you have to quit smoking to get to heaven. People have asked me, you, can I get to heaven if I smoke? I said, I don't know, but you smell like hell. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So anyway, let's be real here for a minute. All right. So I was like, well, when is, has God talked to you about this? Has God talked to you about this? Let's go back to has God talked to you about this? Because, see, we're like, well, I, I haven't heard from, you know, like I said, have you ever? Well, let's start thinking about this now. When did God talk to you about this specific thing in your life? When was it? Oh, yeah. Well, I, 
I guess we did have a conversation a while back. And I said, and what have you done? Well, I, I haven't done it. Well, then we wonder why we're not hearing from the Holy Spirit and why God's you know, power is not being manifested in our life. It's because we're not being obedient to what he's already talked to us about. And so if we really want to see the power of God manifested in our life, start to be obedient to what the Spirit's saying. Don't come up here today and say, I'm going to give up tobacco because Pastor Dave talked about it. No, don't. Don't bring your cigarettes, your tobacco, your whatever junk. I don't, I'm saying don't bring it up here unless the Holy Spirit says, take it up there. And if the Holy Spirit says, stop, do this, stop doing this, let's go, then go. Now, if you're doing porn or some other crap, yeah, you better come today, right? (laughs) Drugs, any of that kind of stuff that's destroying you and you know it, yeah, like that's today's deal. Tobacco probably is too, but we won't leave that there because I don't want you to respond to something I'm saying to you. You you have to hear what God's saying because see, it's, it's that knowledge and wisdom of who God is and the power that's available to us. He is calling us into this. So God displayed his power for us by removing the sins from us that we could not remove on our own. He's breathed life into us. Listen to what it says in in Romans chapter 6. You know these verses, but we need to own these verses right here. Listen. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. That's the power of God. Do you see the tie-in again? We're going back to the resurrection power of God. The fact that God can take something that is dead and give it life. The fact that sin has killed us and we are dead in sin until God brings us forth into life. And then when we come forth into life, we live a new life. If you haven't changed and you're doing the same old thing, you don't know God. I don't care what church has said what over you. I don't care what words you've said. God says, God says that when you come to him, he brings you from death into life. You no longer live that old life. You live a new life. Church, we've got to own what God says. I don't care what the church has taught us or what some person says. God says new life. God says you're changed. See, God's power is transformational power. It it exists in us, and we're changing constantly. I am not who I was last Sunday. I'm not who I was yesterday. God is changing and transforming me every day through the surrender and understanding and listening of who He is. There are things in my life that God is saying, I'm going to work on that, Dave, with you, and I'm going to get you to this place where you'll let go. I don't know what they are yet. If God showed me everything, I'd be overwhelmed and run. His grace and mercy leads us to say, let's work on this. Surrender. See, church, this is why it's so critical for us to know God. 
Because when we know God, we know His voice. When we know His voice, we know the Holy Spirit. We know when the Holy Spirit convicts us and we know when people are talking to us. There's a big difference. I think one of the biggest issues for us in the New Testament church of today, I mean, all of us, is that we've been trying to, like, figure out how to live it. And I hope that makes sense to you. (laughs) Because, you see, it's like, we don't have to figure it out, just follow. All right? And one of the problems is we've been taught how to figure it out. And so the, the wrestling comes when I'm trying to figure this whole thing out when God's just trying to show me the next step. I'm confused because I'm trying to know what that is outside that door. And God's like, you're not even at that door. Stay right here where you are. Let's walk together. You may not even get to that door. What is God talking to you about today? What is he dealing with in us, church? If he's not dealing with you on something in you today, then you probably need to get your spiritual ears cleaned out. Because the Holy Spirit is speaking. He is talking. He's calling. Do you know that God has done something so amazing that he has given you the ability to change through his power? I hope you heard that right because he's given you the ability to change through his power, not yours. There's a spiritual battle that's happening every day. The power of God should be manifesting in itself in you and I every single day. There is a real battle out there, right? You know that. That's where we think, you know, like it's not easy. Uh, I mean this in a good way, so just hear me through on that. When we say it's not easy, it's because it's like we're very well aware of the battle. But sometimes we're more aware of the battle than the God that we serve. And so we begin to be overwhelmed by the battle instead of being overwhelmed by the God that we serve. And so we need to be overwhelmed with who he is in my life today and the fact that God has already seen this battle and he's already seen me victorious because of what Christ has done. So now I have to step into that victory instead of into that darkness. Second Peter 1, by his divine power. See, God power. Divine is God, right? So by his divine power. We're talking about God's power again. God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have read this verse multiple times over the last few months. And God is bringing us back to this because, church, if we, I just believe God is preparing us for what's coming our way. I do. And, church, we need to see this by His divine power. Therefore, I am leaning on God, dependent upon God. I'm not dependent on self. I'm not dependent upon flesh. I'm not dependent upon people. I need them. Don't misunderstand me but I'm not dependent upon them. I am ultimately dependent upon my God because he has given me everything I need to live this life. We've received all of this. I'm reading back in the scriptures again. Let's do this whole verse. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him. There it is. See that knowledge? Do you see how we've gotten this power? Do you see how we live that? By coming to know God. We get to know Him through Jesus Christ. He implants Himself in us, and then we grow in this knowledge and wisdom of who this amazing God is that has redeemed us. Because we are clueless as to who He is before we get to know Him. (laughs) We have received all this by coming to know Him, the One who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. He's so good. 
God is calling us to embrace the fullness of who he is so that we might get a grip on who we are and how we stand in this amazing grace of God and to understand what is coming our way through the power of the Holy Spirit that I can stand and stand strong. That's what I was talking about, right? Putting on the full armor. We read that last week so that we can stand. When the battle happens, we're standing. It's the enemy that's faced down in the dirt, not us. Victorious in Christ. Amen. Have you repented of your sin and accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? If you have not, you need to. You have no power on your own. You will not survive. You cannot make it. God's Word says so. You've already proven it. You need Jesus. We need Jesus. Let's do it, man. How are you growing in the knowledge of God, and how is that changing who you are? These are my action steps, in case you're wondering. How are you growing in the knowledge of God, and how is that changing who you are? The more I know who God is, the more I see of me that needs to be gone. (laughs) When is the last time you experienced God's power in a spiritual battle? (laughs) God's power in a spiritual battle. Man, everybody here is facing some kind of battle. Have you seen God's power manifested in you in the midst of it? Man, that's the most assuring thing you'll ever receive from the Holy Spirit in your walk with Him. No doubt about that. When we go out into the world, we're stepping out into the battle, right? So we have to be equipped, we have to be empowered, and we need to be assured. We can have all that in the Holy Spirit. And so the reason why we come to this point and we say the altar's open is like, man, when the Holy Spirit's speaking, you gotta act. And so the action steps we all need to make is obedience to what the Holy Spirit is saying. So if the Holy Spirit's calling you to the altar, get up and move right now. Don't wait. It doesn't have to be pointed out. The Holy Spirit's talking, move. That's what it's all about. And if he's not, ask him to speak. Ask him, be open. Are you confident that you will stand victorious in the power of God within you this week? See, I am confident in God that I will stand in His power. That's not cocky. That's not confident. And Dave, that is absolutely confident in who my God is. Now I have to live in that relationship and I will stand true to who He is. Amen? That's what it's all about. Father, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming. Thank you, Jesus, for changing all the authorities here on this planet. God, that we can step into the fullness of our relationship with you, and you have given that authority to Christ. Therefore, it's been transferred to us in the power of the Holy Spirit to stand in the truth of who you are, our faith being transformed and made new. We thank you, God, for that truth. Thank you, God. Thank you for every person that's at this altar. Thank you for everyone that's online that's praying right now. Thank you for everyone in their seats that are praying right now. God, awaken your church. God, awaken us to the power of God that is available to us, that is within. God, and help us to step into that power for your glory, for your kingdom, for your purpose, God, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, God. He's awesome, isn't he? Amen. 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 Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here today. God bless you.